And at that window of time, I really thought it was my best life, but I realized that God had even greater things for me. So it was the best for that season, but I don't know that I had everything that God has for me. Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. The book of John, chapter 16 and verse 13 reads as follows. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Based on that, I want to, we want to talk to you from the topic this morning, my family's best God. My family's best God. We certainly thank God for each and every one of you here today. And we've set aside um, it's anywhere from two to three Sundays within the year um, to just minister to families, ministering to um, being married, being single, but it's just a family unit. And we're excited today just to be able to share a few nuggets that we believe that the Lord has given unto us in regards to my family's best God. And so when we think in terms of best, a best the word best is a term that could be used in multiple ways in a, in a sentence. And I was not an English teacher, so I'm not going to completely go there. But I do believe that it can be used as an adjective, as an adverb, as a noun. But when we think of the definition of best that we're using for today, it is the most excellent, the most effective, and the most desirable type. So when we say my family's best God, we're saying that this is the most excellent God for my family, the most effective God for my family, and it's the most desirable God that my family needs. And, and, and simply put, this particular God that we're referring to is the most accomplished God, the God that is the most admirable, distinguished, exemplary. And, and one thing that when we think in terms of exemplary, um, I know as um, when we think about exemplary work, it is the work that we can model ourselves by. It is the model, it's the work that we can say, okay, now this is the best example that we want to follow. And when we're thinking in terms of the God that we're sharing today, this is the best example we, we really want to desire to, to follow. He's the most competent, most efficient, most impressive, and not only that, the most useful. You know, it's one thing to have a God, but if a God isn't leading you to a place that you need to go, it's not very useful to you. But to know that we have a God, that he's efficient, he's competent, he's advantageous, and he is attractive. He is attractive. That means he attracts wealth. He attracts health. He attracts ideas. That, 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 that's quite the God, Pastor. But you know what? I've been guilty of this part right here. At times, I have put the word best on an object or a person or a situation that not did not live up to its particular meaning. Amen. And and Pastor, you're not alone because 
I, I've used the term best in different ways. And, you know, I'd say, well, that's my best friend. Right? That is the most accomplished person. That's the most distinguished person out of all of my friends. But then over time, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I'm living my best life. Can we say that? My best life. And, and, and at that window of time, I really thought it was my best life, but I realized that God had even greater things for me. So it was the best for that season, but I don't know that I had everything that God has for me. Um, you know, when you get just the best job. I mean, and I, I'm doing pretty good right now. Like, it's, it's pretty cool. However, there have been moments when best didn't seem like the best. Or I, I have the, I'm feeling my best. And then I realized that, eh, there are times when I actually have felt a little bit better than that. So the word best can be used in so many ways. And Pastor, I know you had your best moments. Yeah, and I'm going to admit this, and hopefully I won't be sleeping at the church tonight. Come but on, I'm going to go ahead and admit this. I thought the person I was dating was the best person for me. I thought. You thought that. I thought wrong. You thought that. Because I thought they were the best, but I turned out they were a mess. All right, let me let me step out of that. Well, hallelujah. The best place for me to live. I remember when we first got our first place to live at. I thought that thing was something else. It was so good. I, I don't know if Bill's still standing or not. I don't think so, Pastor. <laughs> the best path for me to take. And sometimes you don't get many different paths coming your way. And it's in, in your mind, this is the best path to take. But that path led to destruction. It led, led to something that was not beneficial to me or my family. I don't know if you live long enough, but you know, somebody going to run into the house one day. Oh, I got a wonderful idea. Oh, I got a great idea. This idea will never fail. And you after a little while, the idea didn't live up to what we wanted it to be. The best situation or circumstance for me. And sometimes what looked good for that moment is not good for us in the long run. So, Pastor, we've both been a little guilty on that one. But we realize today that we have a best God. And we're going to get to know him even the more through the word of God. But using the term best, at that particular moment, it sounded like it was the best. It sounded like it was the the most thing that was distinguished above everything else. But it just lets us know that sometimes we can prematurely speak on areas that as we get to know God and spend time with him and pray, that God will show us that, yeah, that was good, but sometimes good can be the enemy of great. Yeah, that was we, we we did okay with that, but you know that that sometimes that can help us to kind of hinder us, if you will, to strive to seek God more. You know, it was good that I prayed um, the past five years, uh, ten minutes a day, but but really and truly, that God may have wanted me to spend more time with Him, but I settled with good versus trying to see what did God have His best for me. And and what I found too is that our exposure has a lot to do with that. Our experience has a lot to do with that. And when we're young, we think we know. Come on now, we've been young. We ain't talking about the young folk. We're talking about us. We think we know. 
But as we live in this life, we realize that mm, maybe we didn't know quite as much as what we thought we knew. And that comes a lot of times through the proper exposure. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, a time growing up that I used to think that a certain beach in Carrollton was the bomb diggity. I mean, woo, I'm, I'm going, we're going to this beach right here. And then I messed around and went down to the beaches on the Gulf Coast. And they do not compare to that little body of water with some sand thrown down at the end of it. But what it was, it exposure. Exposure. I needed to be to exposed to something that uh, was better than what I thought it was. Now, at the time, my exposure and my experience was limited. But now, because God has opened up my eyes to see there's more out there than this body of water over that way. Y'all know that way with the little. And thank God that it is. And we appreciate those moments. We appreciate the time when God allow us to see various things. But we don't want to box God into this is the only way because when we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, he has promised to lead and guide us into all truth. Not just some truth, but all truth. So limited exposure and, and limited experience can sometimes be uh, the source of derailing a person. Because uh, if we're not humble enough and willing to listen, then we may... Um, somewhat allow that to divert us from the path that God has for us. And 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 like I said, I, I know what it means to be young and, and in my mind I, I really did think I knew, knew. And um but I really realized as I stay on this earth just a little bit longer that um there are a lot there's a lot more for me to know and to do. And and you can tell when uh limited exposure and experience um, begins to derail a person because, you know, you may have heard people say, now, now they were doing good. You know, what happened? Um, you know, they were on their way to a successful outcome. They were great in sports, great in academics, but, but what happened? Now they, they decided to stay home and play video games with their best friend. Like what, what, while they're trying to figure it out? And, and, you know, we are living in a figure it out generation. And, and some of us still at 50 trying to figure it out. But, you know, uh, God already worked it out. He already knows what it is. But we have to realize that time is a precious commodity. And the time that we use to figure it out is an opportunity for the enemy to steal from us what God had intended for us to have. And so we have to be careful about derailment because Derailment can cause us to get off the path that God really and truly created for us to be on. But instead, we, we wanted to take what was convenient at the moment or what felt good at the moment or what was popular at the moment. But as a family, we have to be careful because derailment not only hurts one person, but a lot of times derailment would affect the entire family. And you look at families, uh, and I know we've, we've all probably had the conversation. We see a family that's uh, getting their life in order. We see them doing better than what they were before. And all of a sudden, we got that what happened moment. What happened to Brother A? What happened to Sister C? 
what happened to the children, what happened to that person. It seemed like they were getting their life together, and all of a sudden, it was a derailment. Now, I think about the term derailment like this. When you are an individual, let's say, for example, I think about a train. I think about a train. Train is on that uh, railroad tracks, and it's going. And But let's say, for example, it gets off and it falls off the train track. Mm-hmm. I remember growing up, and some of y'all probably don't remember stuff like we, like we used to do. We would put pennies on the oh my. train track to see how flat that they would get. And, I mean, you, you, if you ever seen a penny that went over a railroad, uh, a penny go over, a train go over a penny, it flattens it out and it looks pretty cool for a young boy like myself. Well, one day they told me that the pennies caused the trains to fall over. Oh, my. Now, I think about that. That probably ain't true. <laughs> but, it, that, but it got me thinking. I said, I can't put no more pennies on this railroad track because the train going to fall over. I thought about it from this standpoint here. How many things in life have caused people to derail? Mm. How many things have caused people that, because you really, that person on the train can't see that penny sitting up there. Because that penny a long way off, and they send them there looking ahead, and they're not looking at the little obstacles. The Bible teaches us that little foxes spoil the vine. And you got to be careful about little things in your life that will cause your family to derail, your finances to derail, your love, uh, uh, your relationships to derail, your children to derail, and anything in life that can cause you to derail. And don't be putting pennies on the railroad track. Don't okay? put pennies on the track. That's so powerful, Pastor. I mean, you know, when I'm in this pulpit, I learn so much from him when I'm sitting in the audience, and I learn so much when I'm standing here. He is a person that um, admired flat pennies from the railroad track. But derailment is, is true, and what you said is so powerful because it seems so harmless. Who knows what it may or may not have happened, but it, the potential of it could have really and truly caused a lot of havoc. And that is a lot of time what happens with derailment. It, it is one of those things that, that seems so harmless at the moment, but not knowingly, it can really and truly cause havoc. And so derailing has the tendencies to bring obstacles and obstructions during milestone moments. And I know we're celebrating our graduates today, and certainly it is a milestone moment. Um, whether it's a high school graduation, college graduation, let me tell you, this day and time, kindergarten graduation becomes a milestone moment. But, um, you know, milestone moments are that, that sweet 16 birthday, those special birthdays, like, you know, 21 or 30 or 40. I mean, I've, I think I've had a lot of these milestones. Let me just slow down. 50, 60, 70. And at every milestone, um, there's something that you're excited about. So at 21, you're, you're just happy to be legal. I can do what I want when I want according to the law. At age 30, you're, you're kind of racing the clock, right? You, should I be married or not? Or should I have a child or not? Or maybe uh, I am married and I have a child and I realize I don't want that derailment. At age 40, I, I thought I would be further along by now. Maybe I need to try this, or maybe I need to try that, or I'm not really sure. At age 50, oh my, I'm getting older. Why, 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 why am I trying to, 
to, to hold on to my youth. Like, maybe, what what's going on? I'm going to start hanging out with the young folks now. I'm going to start doing this and that. Derailment. Derailment. You're about to need some extra vitamins. You don't need to be trying to go back, hang out with them. So, But, but derailment can happen to anyone. It is not limited to just because you're graduating from high school, just because you're graduating from college. But any time in life where God has an intended path for you and you decide that I don't want God's path, I don't want his best for me, I want what I want, it can open the doorway for derailment. And as a family, you got to be careful. you got to be careful because these little things, as well as big things, can call derailment to happen and not only, like Lady Dobbs said earlier, and I want to reemphasize, not only does it bother, does it affect you, but it affects those that are in close relationship with you. And that is such a reality in life. But thank God we have an all-knowing, all-powerful God to help us to see the obstacles, to see the pennies on the railroad track, Come on, to see the, unf- the unforgiveness trying to trap us in, to try to see the things that are ahead of us, that we wouldn't see with our natural eyes. But the Holy Spirit can see miles down the road. He can see around bins and corners. And he can see. I remember watching the, the cowboys coming up. And what they would do is they would just throw a, uh, make, cut a tree and put it across the railroad track. And then uh, what they do is give them a stop so they go and rob the train. But can you imagine if something like that happened today and God just moved all the obstacles out of the way? Because he's a God just like that. He can move obstacles that you can't move. He can do things we can't understand. He is the God of God. He is the King of Kings. Amen. And he can do all things, say, fail. And let's face it, he has moved so many obstacles in our life mm-hmm. that we cannot even put into comprehension. I mean, he's mm-hmm. moved financial obstacles. He's, he's moved sickness obstacles. Mm-hmm. You may be dealing with something now, but if you would have dealt with everything that came your way, oh, you but God knows how to minister Amen. to his people. And, you know, I was just thinking, just, just like you said earlier, people, you know, you thought that was the person. You thought it could be no other derailment. Like you realized that that was not the plan of God for my life. That was totally what I thought was the plan, but it was not what God had for me. So we're going back to the text today, uh, John 16 and um, chapter 16, verse 13. And it reads, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. So when we look at the first clause of John 16 and 13, it says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, that being the Holy Spirit, has come. We're going to pause there for a moment because we have to realize that he has to come. The Holy Spirit has to appear on the situation. He has to be revealed in that moment. He has to come inside of us. He has to be established in us. And so when we give our lives to Christ, that's the first step. We said, Lord, you know what? This is a hot mess. I really do need help, and I really need it quick. Because, you know, that's the time when we repent the best, right? When things are really jacked up in our lives, and we're just like, I need relief. I need you to come get me out of this situation. So we say, Lord, and if you do it, I won't do it again, God, because this is really bad, and I don't even know how this is going to turn out. So I'm coming to you, asking you to 
be my Lord and my Savior. And I know my mom and daddy always told me I need to do it. But this time for real, God, I am for real. I, I, I'm doing it. Like, I, I'm, I'm doing it. And so we repent of our sins. And we said, you know, I used to think this way. But God, I'm, I'm for real this time. Like, I'm changing the way that I think. And now, God, I want your spirit to come inside of me. And so that's when that scripture of John 16 and 13 says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come? Now we open ourselves up to allow the nature of God to fill us, right? To fill us with his character, to fill us with his thought process, to fill us with his spirit. And you say, well, I have the Holy Spirit, but you know, sometimes you need a recharge. You know how your battery go down in that phone? It ain't doing nothing. If that battery goes down, I'm sorry. You can pray all you want to, but that's going to be divine if you get a signal. We need a recharge, And sometimes we need the Holy Spirit to just fall fresh on us again to refresh us. Like the battery isn't completely gone, but it's getting a little slower. The signal is not as high. So that said, we need the Holy Spirit. We need a refreshing. So the word lets us know that the Spirit of God has to come into our lives. And once he come, we could easily say, oh, I was led of the Lord. Oh, I'm going to be led by the Spirit. But sometimes we may prematurely, as we mentioned earlier, say that the Lord led me and he has not yet come. The question is, how does the Holy Spirit come? How does he come? And that's that's something we all need to know, not only for our own personal lives, but if we're ministering to somebody else. How does the Holy Spirit come? Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. The book of Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? To those who desire the Holy Spirit. To those who crave the Holy Spirit. To those who request the Holy Spirit and to those who require the Holy Spirit to be a part of their life. In other words, they're saying, I want the Holy Spirit. I've heard about it. I'm just, listen, I, I may not know that much about it, but if you say it's a part of my life, it needs to be a part of my life. And I cannot operate effectively without the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit. I want him not just a on a part-time basis, but I want him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I want the Holy Spirit in my life. I desire him, I crave him, I request him, and I it is a requirement in my life. What part of the problem that some people have is they just don't want the Holy Spirit. They talk a good game, but when life breaks down, when things are in or going on, they really have no desire, no craving, no, it's not, it's not a, in other words, I got to have it. I got to have it like when I'm hungry and I want food. I'm thirsty, I want water. I've got to have the Holy Spirit. I've got to have the Holy Spirit. And you got to have that type of desire in order for it to, in my opinion, to manifest in your life. I like that. I, I, I like that because, uh I think about before I got saved, and um, I would have people who were filled with the Holy Spirit, no doubt, on campus, and they would, you know, talk about the Holy Spirit, and I probably didn't know that I didn't know what I didn't want, 
I just didn't think that I needed it, right? And sometimes when it comes to um, a person desiring the Spirit of God, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I like when you mention a craving. So just sidebar, I like, I don't need it. Let me just preface this. But I like the little Heath candy. Now, I don't need it. I certainly do not need it because I'm not completely delivered. And sometimes when I start eating them, I don't know how to stop. So I, I don't need them, okay? But I know there are times when I just crave one, right? And then I'm like this little person, like I just like, ooh, there's one. Hmm. And then there's two. And then I realize there's a sea of wrappers around me, right? Because now I've craved, my craving has gone like, don't you be saying amen to that. That is true, though. I, 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 I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to eat three, right? Because that'll, that'll do the craving. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, three plus three plus three. And then I'm like, oh, I don't feel good, right? But, but I not only craved them, I did something about it. And that's how it is with the Holy Spirit, right? I, not only do I need to crave him, to crave his presence, but I need to do something about it. So that means I, I'll come in and I'll get a, a little bit of word. I'll come in and I'll come to church. That's, that's, that's a start. Like I, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting around his presence. And then I may pick up my prayer life. I may start praying a little bit more, right? Because I, I really, I, 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 this Holy Spirit, I really need him. Like I, I'll start listening to the word a little bit more. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I was listening to this message. And instead of, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting around him more. And so pretty soon, before you realize, it's like the heath paper, the sea of heath paper. Now I'm surrounded by the Spirit of God. Wow. It takes it to a whole nother level. And as a family, be it individual family members, be it collectively, we've got to have the Holy Spirit in our lives at that level. Like we just, we're just like, you know what? Hey, I, I slipped out and started thinking about something else. I need to get back in the Word. Oh, I was trying to, let me tell you, since prayer revival, it so, it's been so good, but it's been working on me because um, speaking with grace uh, and season with salt, now I'm, I'm being more conscious. Thank y'all for praying for me. I'm being so calm. Girl, don't say that because that ain't got no grace in it. Come on, Holy Spirit, talk to me. Uh, you ain't got that arranged thing. It's not seasoned with salt. Uh, close your mouth. Don't say that. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He, he's a God. He's a teacher. He's constantly talking to us. But if we don't have that first step of craving, we may miss that. And one thing that I want to mention to everyone before um, uh, we go past this point is this. you got to be around the right people to teach you according to Scripture. Because if you can be around certain people that tell you that you don't need the Holy Spirit, it's optional, and things along that nature, uh, points that are contrary to Scripture, and you can believe that, especially if it comes from the wrong source, that can be a problem. So what we want to be around is people who believe and understand what the Bible says when it comes to the Holy Spirit. It's so imperative that we do. So imperative that we do. And therefore, it's imperative, just like the Bible says, is that we pray. We ask God. We say, God, I need your Holy Spirit. I need it the way I think, the way I talk, and the way I conduct my lives. I need it when I when I go to work. I need it in my business. I need it dealing with this uh, loved ones in my house. You know the ones in your house that, that love you all the time and do everything you tell them to do? Okay, if they don't, you need the Holy Spirit. 
you need the ones, and, and when your finances get a little shaky, you're like, oh, God, what are we going to do? If not, you'll start worrying, but the Holy Spirit will say, I'm going to supply every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You get challenged in your body, you need the Holy Spirit to say, hey, hey, remember, by, by, by my stripes you heal. Hey, 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 forget, don't forget, you forget. You start to worry, hey, why are you worried? Cast your care upon me. You need the Holy Spirit to help you in your everyday life. You know, I have been in moments, I have said in interviews, and I've been like, yeah, I don't know the answer to that question. But I know the Spirit of God knows. And so, Lord, I need you to talk to me, like, right now. Or have you been in a situation, you're problem-solving a situation, and you know it could go either way. And you're like, mm, this is giving me heart palpitation on the inside, but I know the Spirit of God has the answer. And it's amazing how, and I, I, I recall when you just said how, People may say you don't need the Holy Spirit, but then you question, do they really understand his purpose? Do they understand how um, of an advantage you have um, as a family, as, as a young person, as an older person, when you have that inside school? The Holy Ghost knows. The Holy Ghost will have you speaking the word, and you'll call the person with an interview be like, ooh, like, whoa, she got that. And you're thinking, honey, I ain't had nothing. I was just asking the Lord. What do I need to say? But that's the type of relationship that we want to have individually and corporately. Not that we just come to church, because coming to church is important. But I need to have church on me when I leave. I need to have church on me in my marriage. I need to have church in me when I'm interacting with people. Because if not, I might act unchurched. Can I I be real? I might act unchurched. But when as a family member, you know, you, you don't want your family acting unchurched. You say, well, listen, I, 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 I ain't with that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to live my best life like I'm into my sports, I'm into my academics, I'm into the. But let me tell you now, the Holy Spirit could take that to a whole nother level. So you're playing on this level, but the Holy Spirit gives you a skill set that takes you to this level. So we don't want to miss, we don't want to just think that it's just for the people who come to church. It's just for the ministers. It's just for the pastor. no. The Lord is a personal Savior, and he desires to come on the inside of us and to establish himself um, in a manner that will cause uh, things to be revealed to us. And therefore, we need to ask God to come into our lives. Ask the Holy Spirit. We need to pray, because prayer provides an opportunity to get God involved in our lives. Prayer provides an opportunity to get God involved uh, uh, in our lives, to have a part in our lives, included in our lives, to actively participate in our lives. And let me give you something real quickly. When you ask God to come into, when you pray and ask God, he gets involved. But if you don't ask him to get involved, he will not force himself to get involved in your life. But he, when he gets involved, change is going to take place. And that's the beauty of praying because prayer provides that opportunity. It, get, it sets the atmosphere so that God can, as you mentioned, actively participate. And when we pray, we're asking God to get involved either directly or indirectly. Uh, I need you, Lord, in my finances. <laughs> I need you in my family. I need you in my marriage. As I said earlier, I need you in healing my body and my relationships, my friendships, my decision-making my college life, my high school life, I need you in my adult life, God, I need you. And what we're saying is, Lord, I want your outcome. 
That's what we're saying. We're saying, I want what you want for me. Because sometimes we want what we want for us, not necessarily what God wants for us. But when we pray, we say, Lord, I want to live a life that pleases you. Uh, I know it's a lot going on right now. I'm not really sure. And, you know, I remember, uh, I remember, I know you, it's been a long time. Oh, my goodness, it's about 36 years since I graduated from high school. Oh, my goodness. It's like a whole person, a whole adult. But anyway, you know, I'm dwell on that. But I remember that moment. I'm like, oh, I'm not getting up every morning and going to school. Oh, the bus is not going to come pick me up. Oh, I gotta go figure out something, right? And then it's like, oh, you gotta go apply for college. Well, ain't nobody gave me no class on how to apply for no college. And then they tell my financial aid, I thought it was already paid for. I mean, for 12 years it's been paid for. No, 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 right? You have to navigate on a whole different level. And then once you get past that and you graduate from college, you're like, oh, okay, I have my college degree. I'm ready. And then you're like, oh no, sis, you gotta get a job. A job? Then it's navigating at a whole nother level. And so we need the Holy Spirit at those levels. We need him because we just assume that, okay, well, you got a degree, you're ready. Oh, no, 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 no. You just have some credentials to help a doorway to open for you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're ready. There are a lot of degree people that are unemployed. There are a lot of people that have gone to school for six years and, and, and still not in their field of study. So you need the Holy Spirit now to help you navigate to say, what's my field of study, God? What do you want me to do? What's, what's my gift? What gift have you placed on the inside of me? And see, as a family member, let me tell you, that's going to save your parents money. That's going to save you money. Because you may realize that I ain't up to for the college life. There's something else for me to do. And there you are in six, eight months. You're making $80,000. And it was quiet because the Holy Spirit led you. And you're doing something that you want to do. Not that you thought you had to do. And sometimes uh, parents have this kind of philosophy. I don't know if any parents here got this, but I can't wait to get you out of my pocket. Uh, philosophy. Well, I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, I'm sorry. Did, did I say something wrong I mean, right now? <laughs> I mean, you know. We may have said it a couple of times. But uh, anyway, in my immature, self-seeking mind, sometimes I'll try to orchestrate a situation by trying to get my way and, and, and work a deal out with God, if you do this, i do that for you. In other words, trying to man-manipulate God. Oh. But you've got to be careful trying to man-manipulate God. Because oh. God don't man-manipulate at all. I promise you that. You can do all the dealing and willing you want to with God, but God will still... Be he'll figure it out. He, he knows what you tell him. He, you, know, you know your children come to you sometimes time, trying to work a deal. You're like, I know this child ain't trying to do that. You, you're like, I know this child. I, this child know. You're like, mm, come on now. Yeah, I know what you've been to say. I know what you've been to do. Yeah, now, now go on back. Y'all ain't know it. Okay, Laura, I'm sorry. Look, That's good. But you got to try, don't try to manipulate God, okay? In other words, and sometimes, brother, just don't pray for that sister because you believe that she is your wife. Or, but pray because you believe that God has power to restore and refresh her in a supernatural way. In other words, pray that she is filled with the Holy Spirit. And if it's meant to be, it'll be. If not, at least you see a soul saved for the kingdom of God. 
you know and that's the spirit of god he'll 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 judge you it's like prayer needs to come from a pure place it doesn't need to be twisted with motives it needs to come from lord i I sincerely want the best for that person whether i'm a part of that situation or not i sincerely want the best for that person and it takes the spirit of god because sometimes we want to slant it say lord you know really and truly this is what really need to happen but the the Holy Spirit will be like, mm-mm, that's, that's, that's not what, we, what we're doing right now. So when we look into John 16 and 13, the second clause of John 16 and 13 says, He will guide you into all truth. And, and we know that when it comes to um, the Spirit of God, that we know that there is really and truly only a few appointments in life that we have. And one appointment is, um, I believe the Hebrew writer talks about that, Pastor Dobbs. Uh, Hebrews 9.27. As it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Right. Again, after, and it is appointed. It's reserved and awaits for men to die once. But after this, the judgment. The judgment is separating between right and wrong. So when we think in terms of John 16 and 13, the second part of that, he will guide you. The Spirit of God will guide you. He will teach you. He will influence you. A pastor talked the, the other week. I had to listen to the tape, but he would, um, the video, it was about the ultimate influencer. And we like to be influenced by a lot of different things, but we got the ultimate influencer. We have the one with all the followers, all the likes. Um, and that's, that's the spirit of God, but he will guide you into all truth, the whole truth, everything, all things. And so the Holy Spirit is our best guide and the best guide will always take us to the correct destination in life, be it our financial destination, our friendship destination, our educational destination. He's always going to take us to the best place. And so a destination is a journey's end. It's a resting place. It's a stopping place. And let me just say, life is a journey. And our final destination, believe it or not, is heaven, is to be with Jesus. We think our final destination might be to live on an island and, you know, with our feet in the sand. But that's really not. That's a temporary destination. Our final destination is to be with Jesus. And and, and Pastor just reminded us that in Hebrews 9 and 27. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. He is like the best GPS ever. Right. And we know what a GPS or some of us know what a GPS is. And I know for me, the GPS is really a good friend of mine because my sense of direction is amazing without it. But that GPS comes in handy, be it on your phone, be it on your in your in your um, in your car. And, And basically, once you put the destination in the GPS, its primary purpose is to give us the most efficient route to our destination. That means it's the most competent way, the most organized way. We don't want to waste any resources, and we know how gas is now. We're not trying to waste resources. Get us there. We don't want to, you know, drive for two hours and realize, oh, that's the wrong destination. But the GPS is designed to get us to our destination. And you know that familiar sound sound when it say it may tell us uh, rerouting, rerouting. When we get off the path of righteousness, you know, the, the, it's, it's a rerouting that's taking place, right? And, and, and it also may tell us you're on the fastest route despite delays. Well, we know uh, the Spirit of God will let us know it's going to be some trials and some tribulations and some obstacles, but you're on the fastest route. 
Okay? And at times, the GPS may tell us, and when you're talking about the Spirit of God, he may say, make a U-turn when possible. Make a U-turn when possible. Well, the Holy Ghost is just nudging you, and he's like, okay, in other words, repent. It needs to be uh, uh, in our mind that you're going in one way, but I need you to change the way that you think about your finances. I need you to change the way you think about your relationships. I need you to change the way that you think about life. Repent. Make a U-turn. And, and, and I even heard this one. We may have even heard the uh, uh, hazard ahead. Let us know that fasting and praying and meditating is going to be needed in this season in your life. In other words, it's some storms, it's some troubles, it's some trials, it's some hazard ahead. But regardless of what we need the Holy Spirit, he is he's our God. He is the one that is going to get us to our final destination. And that final destination, as I mentioned, is not so much as a location on this earth, but if you notice that on the tombstone there is this little dash, and we're living in the dash, but there was an entrance destination and there is an end destination. And that is said, A, the estimated time of arrival, God knows. Only the Lord knows when we're going to arrive. But what we have, he given us to, to do with that dash, he says, be ready when I come. Right? He said, I'm giving you my spirit. So you have this dash going on, but this dash is going to lead you to me. It's going to lead you to the final destination that I've ordained for you to have. However, you make the choice as to whether or not you allow the Holy Spirit to do that. And when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives uh, and he's leading and guiding us, we should be able to see God's nature in our lives, God's character in our life, God's personality in our lives. Nobody should have to wonder whether or not we have the Spirit of God, but sooner or later, his Spirit should manifest itself in a way that, uh, hey, that person's different than the other ones I've dealt with in the world. So we have scriptures like John 16 and 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Not part, but all truth. And this is a journey. This is a lifetime. There's truth at the milestone moments that you realize. You say, hey, this is a truth for me. Nothing bad. It's just truth for me. I don't play basketball like I used to. That's a truth for me. I, I don't do things like I, I don't eat like I used to. That's a truth for me. But it's not a bad thing. It's just truth that is revealed. It's up to me what I do with it. It's up to me what I take heed to it or not. But it's a truth that's revealed to me. I thank God for the truth that's revealed to me. I can't get mad because the Holy Spirit going to do his job. He's going to show me the truth. He's going to tell me the truth. But it's up to me what I do with it. And he, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Isn't it good to know God tell you things to come? Yes. You know what's beautiful about God? He may not tell you directly what's coming, but he'll at least give you a clue to prepare yourself. Mm. You ever had that, that thing that nudged you? Say, hey, you better read Psalms. You better read Psalms. You better read Psalm. You go read Psalm. You're like, ooh, that's a good scripture. Two days later, that's why you read Psalms. Oh, you ever had something where you said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And if you ain't careful, you'll start wanting something. Because why? There's a need coming up and you want something. You're like, how am I going to get this need met? Oh, that's right there. He told me. Because why? He prepared me. He prepared me. And therefore, I thank God that he's prepared, preparing our families 
He's and God does an excellent job at what he does when it comes to preparing our family because he is our family's best guy. You know what's so powerful about um, the spirit of God is that not only does he reveal himself, but he reveal us to us. Right. And sometimes we can think that it's the enemy outside, but many times it's the enemy. It's, it's I'm dealing with a lack of, of, of self-worth. I'm dealing with um, not being able to attend to certain things. I'm dealing with being all over the place. I'm dealing with unforgiveness. Um, but, you know, it's easier to project that on someone else. But the Holy Spirit, he's so good. He's like, no, nah, baby, I need you to work through that. I, I need you to work through that sphere. And and I, I have often told this testimony when I um, initially got saved, because I think it's just relevant that we don't forget where God brought us from. But I remember how fear had gripped my life in such a way. I was terrified. I was so terrified to the point that I didn't want to go to public restrooms. Because I felt something was going to come out of those restrooms. They were coming at me. I didn't want to be left alone. Like, I had some issues with fear. Um, don't take me near water. Da, da. You know, I remember one time we were going over a bridge, and he's going to, like, stop trying to be funny time I drive over the bridge. And I'm like, dude, this is not the season for that. Like, I just had fear, fear, fear. And I had to get in the Word and realize that that fear didn't come from God. And I had to get in the Word and say, you know what? God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And I had to keep allowing that Word to, to shape me to the point that, that I did not let fear control me. And I wondered, I was like, Lord, it's such a right. And I mean, I was just getting saved. I mean, I was just getting, I had been to church, but it wasn't about getting to, going to church. I was just getting my life together. But I just, it's just fear, fear, fear. And just the other day I was looking at, I was dealing with a situation. And and I was dealing with what would normally have caused great fear in my life. Like, great fear in my life. Like, when it comes to money and, and, and numbers. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> this is how we're going to handle this. And I, I, I realized the Holy Spirit just, just rose up in me. Now, in my mind, I had a few heart palpitations. I was like, oh, God, he didn't give me a spirit of fear then, and he didn't give me a spirit of fear there. And that's what we have to realize is that God wants to work things out on this level so that he can prepare you for the next level. I would have never thought that I would be in a position that that would be a fear for me. Or could potentially be a fear for me. But what I realized is that the same God that delivered me, that got me going in those restrooms, I'm telling you, I wouldn't go. I'm like, I, I know somebody's after me. And you know, when you ain't living right, you be thinking stuff be after you, right? you like, girl, you just get your whole life together. You would be thinking stuff after you. But I did. I constantly, I was like, I know, I know I'm not going to be here on this earth long. It was just constant things that the enemy was feeding death to me. That's what he was doing. And, 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 you know, when you hang around certain things, like Pastor was saying earlier, when you're hanging around certain things and you're hearing certain things, it, it, it takes root on the inside of you. And so fear was trying to take root, but the Holy Ghost came in my life, saved my soul, and all I wanted to do is hear that word, hear that word, hear that word. And, and see, faith is the antithesis of fear. And so when your faith is strong, fear can't stand. But when your faith is weak, fear will begin to rise up. 
you're not going to make it. This isn't going to work out. This, this is not going to go well for you. Oh, I know you got to this point in this life, but you ain't going any further. Your folks didn't go any further. Why do you think you're going any further? You're not going to have the finances. What, what if you go somewhere and you don't really like it? What, how are you going to get back home? What? Fear. Fear. And it's those milestone moments. That 21, that 30. Well, what if you don't? Well, what if you don't get married? Well, what's going to happen? Well, fear. Fear. But you know what? You got to stand up to the enemy and say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. You got to say it with attitude, but a power of love and a sound mind. It ain't going out like that. You got to have it. You say, you say, uh, first of all, you're just too dramatic. Let me tell you, the, the enemy is dramatic. And you got to make sure that you take a hold of that. As a family member, whether you are a child, whether you are a parent, whatever it is, you got to say that I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you as my best God. I need you to navigate this situation because I'm at a place I haven't been before. You ever been there? Uh, I'm dealing with issues I ain't dealt with before. I'm facing obstacles I have not faced before. But the good thing about today's word is that when the spirit of truth comes, let him come on you like never before. He will lead and guide you into all truth. He's not going to speak on his own authority. You know why? Because heaven is backing him. So when he speaks, the heavenly comes in and back his word. Oh, spirit of the living God. Move in this place on today. Won't you stand to your feet? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I felt like I needed to share that little bit of my testimony. Because fear is real. And we have to know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And we have to know when fear and when our own insecurities begin to speak to us. And like I said, today we honor and we're celebrating our graduates. We're celebrating this milestone in your life. This is big, but this starts the beginning of what God desires to do in your life. And one day you'll stand 36 years later. It's like, you know, I do remember when I graduated from high school. It's like a whole person has grown up and gotten a job and everything. But I do remember that moment. But you'll know that the God that God brought you to this level is the God that will take you to the next level. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. And that eyes have not seen nor ears heard the things that he has prepared for you, but it's up to you to get in the position that you can hear him. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.